Welcome. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Keep, 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 keep going. No. <laughs> to another episode of oh, Cut. We're doing this. <laughs> Um, the medical-ish podcast where we talk about stuff that might be relevant to you if you're a student, uh, parent, person who is interested in healthcare or entering a profession in healthcare or something like that. Look, we, we don't record it's, these it's episodes very often, okay? So uh, you get what the, the podcast is about, something you can watch a previous episode yeah, to hear the Under our properly. skin or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so today I want to talk about... Um, Hi, his name is Justin. Oh yeah, my name is Justin. I used to be a doctor. <laughs> Her name's Emma. <laughs> she she is still a physio. Physio. Uh, I mean, student. Fourth, fourth, yeah. fourth year. Fourth, fourth year, year physio yeah. student. Uh, and that's Neil, who's well still a still a medical student. Uh, fifth year before he disses me in camera. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And sort of what the podcast is about. Today's episode is going to focus on uh, parenting and how I think, how I know, I, I observe almost on a daily basis how parents uh, can sometimes really get in the way of a student doing well uh, academically, but also just in life in general. Uh, but we'll focus a lot on the ac academics because that's what um, I see really often. And I think there are a few things that I see is that usually you have parents that are well intending, their intentions are, are good, and they usually care a, a lot and they're emotionally quite invested in parenting. They're, they're quite involved in parenting. And these are all good things. Um, however, their way of going about it is very often not very productive for trying to achieve the goal and can actually get in the way and make it much harder. So some of the work that I end up doing is actually to undo some of the, uh, I don't want to call it damage, but like, you know, if, you know, pretty much like some of the <coughs> backward steps that have been created as a result of the parent doing something that they believed would be helpful. Mm. Um, and you know, I think it can be really, really subtle, and I have some, you know, specific examples that I want to talk about. But um, yeah, what do you guys think about that first? I don't know. I feel like it, we're pretty lucky we get to talk about this in the sense that I don't know about you, but me and Justin, we didn't really have a whole heap of academic pressure from our parents, right? Not really. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, yeah. pretty much the same, to be honest, as well. And we turned out okay. Okay. Yeah. And, like, I see it with my peers all the time. There are a lot of people who have – they're, like, the students who have never been allowed to go out because their parents wouldn't let them because they had to stay home and study for something that they didn't really have to study for. And you just, it just, like, sucks. And it actually ends up not making much of a difference if not making them just, like, well-being and self-esteem mm. from a self-esteem perspective just a little bit – like, it's harder for them. Mm. And so it's, like – I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like a privileged position to be in to be able to talk about it in terms of like it hasn't affected me as much as it has. I've observed it affect others. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I'm glad you know, <laughs> to, to, uh, that I'm in that sort of position. But um, what you said before, Justin, and I, th I feel like it's definitely going to be the, the case that, you know, a lot of these, no parent has a child that they, you know, bring into existence to, tr to traumatize. 
you know, intentionally. <laughs> like I'm gonna have, I'm gonna, I'm gonna offspring myself from this, and I'm gonna ruin the shit out of it. You know, just kill it. You know, through bad parenting. Um, often it's always these good intentions, and it might come from, you know, maybe cultural dynamics or the norms when they were, you know, being mm. parented by their parents or maybe their grandparents in that sense. Um, and then through a, you know, cross-cultural uh, and, and cross-generational as well. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but that's kind of also of what makes stuff. it harder because sometimes it's, they put all these pressures on, like being an immigrant, I can, I feel mm. this is like they mm. put the pressure on mm. because they don't want you to end up like they did. Mm. And then that adds in a whole other thing. Which is really ironic because they like <laughs> immigrate to escape the pressure and then they add the exact same pressure that they tried to escape <laughs> here. And it's like, hmm. But I but I think it's still, it's it's not for the sake of adding pressure. It's, it's, it's well-intentioned. The, it is well-intentioned. Yeah. Well well but it's what they I know. Was gonna, yeah, I was going to say this for later on, but we, since we're sort of rushing on it anyway right now, um, I actually had a student recently that I started um, mentoring recently. And... Um, Poor guy. Really, really lovely dude. Yeah. Really, really sweet guy. Getting mentored by you, poor guy. <laughs> anyway. Thanks for joining us. Make sure you like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. No, continue with the story. <laughs> he was, so he was, he was really, really um, well-intending. He's a lovely boy. And I was, as I, I was asking him, you know, what do you want to do after you, he's in year 13 right now. What do you want to do when you um, go into uni next year? And his, the start of his sentence was, well, my parents want me to do medicine. Right. And I, yeah. you know, then he continued on after that, but that sort of stuck with me. And I was like, you know, just that it's sentence itself says a lot about not only the dynamic, but about the, the, the student itself mm. over there. And he, he later on went and described that, you know, how overwhelmed and stressed he feels and everything currently, given that pressure from his parents and the dynamic there and stuff. <coughs> um, he is, um, he's from a third world country as well. Uh, ethnicity wise and and he was he was saying that um you know a lot of the time his parents main argument towards why he should you know aim to get into medicine or or do well in life or, or for anything you know career aspect driven would have been that you know i didn't have this opportunity when i was your age you have this opportunity therefore you should do it in yeah. that sense yeah. and and i was unpacking that with him and we both sort of came to that uh joint conclusion you could say or or, or you know understanding that um, through whatever hardship their parents or aunties or uncles or grandparents would have had to face in their country of origin, um, they would have seen that there were particular people in their society at the time that didn't have to suffer at that point. Mm. And those people would have been people of status, people of a higher paying job, people that can, you know, be above that poverty or, or that, that low socioeconomic class that, that maybe the, his parents were part of mm. in that sense. And those people would have been from, you know, professions of maybe a doctor or, an, or a lawyer or an engineer or something like that. Um, and, and so, oh, gosh, man, when I have a kid of my own, I wanted to be like that guy because he really supported the people in this village. Mm. He, he really supported his, you know, his own family over there. Look at his social status. Everyone loves this person. I want my kid to be like that. All well-intending, of course. And so they carry that. They work hard enough to create that opportunity for their child. And now the child is there. But in a totally different, uh, you know, climate, social setting or, any, or anything like that. And now they still have those same intentions mm. about making sure that that child of theirs still ends up being in that privileged position or in that, in that safe, well-respected, high-status position that they originally looked towards. 
um, when they were in mm. in their child's shoes, in in when they were children. Sorry, um, and unfortunately, and it unfolds in a stressful manner. Yeah. But there's that, like you said, that that the dichotomy that you know they they leave the stressful environment or the or the poor environment they were in only to bring some of those aspects with them. Yeah. Again, not intentionally, but mm. but in the process, it's there. Yeah, you know. And I sort of see it, <clears throat> that hunger. I've always been like attracted to that that hunger that you see in um, a child from a third world country. You know, coming out of coming into a first world country and just looking at oh my, oh my God, look at the opportunity that's before me. Yeah. You know, look at everything that I could do um, from like the TV that I could watch and mm-hmm. and connect myself to every single thing that's there on this television that I couldn't have done at all before. Just that itself. Is, and that's something that, you know, someone that's grown up in a first world country would take for granted completely. And we would miss the, like the wealth of opportunity that, you know, from something that would just seem so normal for us. Mm, yeah. um, and that hunger, I, I've always been so intrigued by uh, mm. when with people um, coming from those sort of backgrounds in that sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Much yeah, well, because because those parents, you know, they're growing up and s- stability and security is is probably the thing that they were yeah. lacking, and so they value yeah. it a lot. Mm. And so when that's why you have to go for a degree, little Johnny. Yeah, like, so that's how what's can you give not you stability go for a degree? Like, yeah. I didn't a get to have year? a degree. Now you have a, a gap year. What the? Yeah. F- and like, yeah, it is all well intended, yeah. intended but I <clears throat> I feel as someone who's Indian. I think one of the difficult things is that because my parents have like their Indian mindset, but I've grown up as a Kiwi Indian, I can directly compare. Like I understand their values, but I also can compare can very easily compare to like Western values and like my Pakeha friends who have much more like parents who are like, you should do what you enjoy. Like, mm, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Mm. Not that it's not like that Pakeha students aren't facing like the same academic pressures, but there's a little bit less, I feel like there's a lot of guilt that's what I've got from my friends. There's a lot of guilt coming from parents because it's like we've given up so much and we've moved our entire lives to come yeah. here. Which you know? is, I, I, I struggle to see a way in which that, if you really think about it, is not really manipulative. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> like. I didn't ask you to come yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, just stay there then. Like, why <laughs> but are I am you, grateful. Yeah, though. why are you coming here and then like <laughs> placing your decision upon me as my sense of own responsibility? Like, like I didn't even ask to be born, yeah. you know, let, let alone yeah. like, yeah. you know, so. And I actually think that because, you know, I like some of my friends are uh, starting to have kids now, you know. You're that age. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so that age. old. He's so old. You know, so, and I'm seeing like some, not always, but there are certain times where I'm seeing like the reason you're having a kid, it seems to be mostly because you're just kind of like bored and frustrated with your own life. Like you're just looking for something to give your life more meaning now. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, actually like shockingly commonly so actually. So I'm thinking like, so are we getting just like generations of kids that are being born because the the parent just needed like some some new project, you know, that they needed to work on. So it's like a really kind of a selfish need to create like an entire existence you know (laughs) and then and then you place the you know all the burdens and all of that sort of stuff the thing that i um 
want to dive into more is the, cause we've talked about this idea of how like, you know, expectations and pressure and all of that sort of stuff, you know, previous times as well. Mm. And we could unpack that a lot, but I think even if you were to look at it purely from like a strategic point of view, even if you were to say, look, you're, you know, the kid wants to grow up and be a doctor and that's fine. Like whatever, maybe he was influenced by his parents and maybe that's not really his own wishes or whatever, but like everyone's wishes are influenced by a lot of things. And, you know, at the end of the day, you want something or you don't want something and it's like, it changes. It doesn't really matter that much. At the end of the day, if this, if the parent is aiming to send their child into medical school, there are certain things that like, even purely from that point of view, you strategically should not be doing. And I think these are things that actually people are really not aware of unless you specifically were to learn about it. Mm. One of the things that we've talked about, Neil, I'm pretty sure before in one of the earlier episodes is about the fixed mindset mm. and how yeah. when you encourage some, so when I mm. talk to students, there are certain things that are really common among all students that they, that they say, about their, you know, their, their skills and their thoughts and their feelings and all that sort of stuff, but also about particular memories that they have. And I've noticed that kids, especially immigrant kids, mm. especially ones aiming for like top things, they really remember when their parents told them that they were proud of them for something. Yeah. They have these like distinctive memories of like, oh, I'm gonna do this because that, I remember like that made my parents proud or something mm. like that. Mm. And we've talked about this before is that when you encourage a child based on their results, especially from a young age, their sense of worth and identity starts getting tied to their ability to achieve a certain result. Mm -hmm. So what's the problem with that? Doesn't that mean that they're gonna achieve better? Well, no, because failure is actually inevitable mm -hmm. and it's part of the growth process. And in fact, if you're not failing, you're not actually learning, right? Cause mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a part of the learning function. So that actually makes, students averse to failure, which subsequently makes them averse to growth, which means that instead of overcoming all those grandiose ambitions and, and challenges that the parent is, thinks that that will set them up for, what it actually ends up doing is making the student fear challenges that are too difficult and be incredibly anxious about the fear of failure to the point of paralysis. Mm. And then actually they will therefore just pick the path of least resistance until it's no longer an option. So I see this a lot with my, um, especially the students I've got in Australia, because the system is a bit more competitive over there. Mm. Um, students that have that exact same dynamic with their parents and their parents are just, you know, really outcomes focused. Yeah. And uh, these are students that are like, they don't experiment with nothing ever. They, they never do anything that's just outside of their comfort zone. Mm. They don't, they may get a bad result in a test, if you get consistently a bad result in a test, you should probably do something differently. But they don't, they don't. Not because they don't realize that it doesn't make sense to continue doing the same thing, but because the fear of potentially trying something new is so daunting to them that they just simply cannot bring themselves to do anything. They're so paralyzed by fear of failure because they have this enormous anxiety and stress and pressure on achieving a certain result, which they inevitably are unable to achieve because they're not changing anything. They're not doing anything new. They're not growing. Mm -hmm. So the challenges continue to get harder. They continue to stay the same. Mm -hmm. And so it creates this self-destructive sort of spiral where they put more and more pressure on themselves. Mm -hmm. And that actually makes them less and less likely to grow, mm -hmm. which means that they're more and more likely to fail. Mm -hmm. And then their parents become 
And often the parents will say, oh, it's because you're lazy or you're not trying hard enough. And then they will then redouble their efforts and try even harder and harder and harder. And then you get to the point where you have these students that are demotivated and exhausted purely by thinking about the concept of needing to constantly motivate themselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And th these kids that I'm talking to are like 15. Yeah. You know, 15. Yeah. I had friends who were those kids. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, and I'm seeing this, I see this thankfully a little less in New Zealand. Yeah. But so, so commonly, I'm, I'm seeing it in, in my overseas students. Mm. Okay, mm. so like I've obviously big group of Australian students, so I see them commonly there, but I see it in like students that I get from the US, from Canada, from you know parts of Asia like Singapore, um, students from uh, UA, United Arab Emirates. Like it seems this 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 sort of universal. Well, I don't know about like other planets, so I guess not. It's <laughs> very universal, but you know, <laughs> but, yeah, you know, this is planetary uh, level. Planetary. Um, it's issue. just an elaborate plug. Actually, uh, <laughs> yeah. So well, anyway, so uh, that so this fixed mindset thing, and I genuinely believe that if you if you like even for me, right? Even if you if you think about like your friend, and then they do really well in like a test, right? It's like really natural for you to be like, oh, well done, you did you did well. And if they didn't do well, for you to be like, oh, like better luck next time, or you know, don't worry, or something like that, right? Yeah. Which implies that the result was not the bad, you know, the good thing or something, yeah. right? It's not normal. We don't. We don't think in the way where if someone gets a good result, you just say like, "Oh, but like, how like how hard do you try?" Mm -hmm. And if they say, "Oh, I didn't try very hard," then what you should really do along this is say, "Oh, well, you know, maybe next time you can try harder or something like mm -hmm. that." You know, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe that's what you need to say. Or if someone does really badly and then you say, "Well, how hard do you try?" and they said, "I did my best," mm -hmm. it's like, "Oh, nice, well done." Like that should actually be the response. But it's very, I, I would say, like quite unnatural yeah. to think in that way. And I really think that unless you know about the psychology behind where the growth mindset and fixed mindset comes from, yeah. and a lot of it comes from the idea of positive affirmation of results rather than effort. Yeah. You just would not ever think of doing that. Like I've never, I don't think I've ever spoken to a parent where they knew about this yeah. and then they made an active effort to change the way that they commend their, their child based on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even with that example, like I would say I'm trying to have a growth mindset like personally, but I do have a bit of a fixed mindset and I can admit that because that's part of probably having a growth mindset. And yeah. it's a spectrum. <laughs> Actually, it's a spectrum, you know, it's not like a switch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and so I'm in the process of that. So even in that example that you give, which is like, oh, you did really well. Well, how hard did you try? And it's like, I didn't try that hard. To me, it's like, why do you need to try harder if you did really well, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing. And it's yeah. like, and I know that that's like coming from a fixed mindset. But it's also quite practical to think yeah. that way because it's like, well, you know, I tried as hard as I needed to to achieve the result. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's like, is it always going to be at that level? Yeah, right? exactly. And then are you going to start feeling that the easy way out is, because it's like inevitable, right, in life that it's not going to always be easy. So you're kind of preparing yeah. yourself for the future and humans are not good at thinking in that long term yeah <laughs> yeah you were saying a lot around um oh yeah first of all i think like this is probably like the second time we might be sort of ch chatting about this topic yeah. roughly or mm -hmm. so um if we do again i feel like we need to give the other side it's it's due um 
stance on the conversation, like having them on the side as well. Whoever that might be that's willing to represent that side, whether you can find <laughs> the a willing parent. ambassador of the fixed mindset. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking hey. about the parenting side of things. Okay. Um, but look, if you're listening right now and you're a terrible parent, please reach out to be a guest on our show. So well, that we can another way to say it is if you want, if you believe that what you uh, instilling into your children has been misrepresented and, 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 and you want to correct the, some of the ideas that we've unfortunately portrayed wrongly, if we did, then, then by all means come to the show. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, and all I'm just saying is because I, I feel like we need to be careful when we're just putting that huge blanket statement that it's always going to be like, I don't, I don't know we're not sort of doing that. And it will be coming from particular um, instances where we had, you know, experiences with children, with, um, uh, yeah, children yeah. or students or yeah, um, young adults that were actually feeling this way from whatever background that they were from. At the same time, though, with what you were saying about that crippling fear and anxiety to meet that sort of expectation, there, um, you, you could take two people um, coming from the same sort of background, same family, everything being the same, and then just switch the amount of or, or the way in which they the parents sort of encourage them. Instead of having a bar that they need to try and jump and reach, you know, to, to, to get to a particular level, if the parent were to, if the parent were to um, push them from the bottom, mm -hmm. from the bottom up, and help them get to the exact same level, there's a difference there. But either way, both you know, in both cases, the parent's satisfaction of ensuring that their child reaches the you know the outcome that they that they wanted is reached mm. in that mm. sense. You know, like, ex like overly idealistic yeah. and very overly simplified in, so in, in, in that sense. But I'm sort of thinking from my personal experience in that way. I've, I've been really fortunate with the way mom and dad have sort of raised me in that sense because they definitely did have the struggles that every other student that we've, you know, experienced um, from this sort of context would have had in that sense. Um, but the way in which I was encouraged was, was through the values rather than the outcomes. Yeah. Uh, and, and saying, you know, it, it's it's the way that I approached a particular a particular thing that was important. Which but so is was rare. the outcome. Yeah, and, and it, that's it, very and rare. Maybe, maybe. It's even yeah. rarer for someone to be raised that well, but still turn out like you, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and likewise, and then have a haircut <laughs> like that. <laughs> um, here at Subcut, we, we, no, anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but do you guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, no. You know? yeah. And um, I, I very rarely see people, like parents that, understand that i mean was that a conscious decision from your parents to do that did they know that or was that was that how they were raised uh probably not probably not no and i think um i, I think about this often you know like the amount of ways that you can screw up your kid as a parent it, it's terrifying you know yeah. in that sense and and I, I think you know you could still offer some of the the credit to the kid itself in whatever way that they turn out you know positively or negatively yeah that they are still responsible and it's not solely 50% mom, 50% dad. They, they do have some part to play. Mm. Um, obviously largely influenced by their parents in that sense, but, yeah. but definitely, you know, um, no, I, I don't think personally uh, that it was a conscious decision that mom and dad had in that sense, but I was always surrounded by a lot of love and encouragement and, and yeah. compassion when I didn't do as well as I should have. Yeah. I didn't put as much work in as I could have. Um, which is, which is, supportive. I guess, uh, an easier thing for parents to be able to do mm. is to make sure that even if they don't do as well as, you know, that they still feel 
supported and loved and secure and safe. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that safety, which is, I mean, cause I'm not I definitely, you know, you shouldn't be like not encouraging someone for doing well in something. It's like, mm. Hey, you got into medical school. It's like, how hard did you try? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Forget the outcome. How yeah. hard did you try though? Yeah. So I'm not, you know, that's a little bit, yeah, that's a bit extreme, but yeah. Um, yeah just making sure that there is that sort of foundation um, yeah. of love and support that's there, which I think, I guess, again, like uh, immigrant families often yeah. in Asian culture, that kind of expression of love is often quite rare. <laughs> well, I was going to say obscure or like <laughs> it's not as um, clear, maybe explicit. They yes. As, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's usually yeah. through actions that are meant Food. to be interpreted in a certain way. Yeah. yeah like See, I cooked for you tonight. That's, <laughs> that's me showing you that I love you. Why do you need me to say the three words? Yeah. Huh, Johnny? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That, that's me saying it. Yeah. But maybe Johnny wants to just hear I love you, son. <laughs> maybe that's what he wants to hear. No, but they spent three curries making three, three, three curries. Hours, three <laughs> hours making some chicken curry for you, and that is enough. Yeah, no. But I, we learned to understand it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, but we, but but we learn to understand as adults usually, right? And that, and by then, uh, that retrospective kind of reanalysis of childhood is yeah. much harder than just <laughs> when you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's, there's another thing that I want to actually, um, another aspect of this, other than this fixed growth mindset thing, is, um, and I, I've been recently doing these webinars for parents, right, talking about just study skills and how to be academically successful. And I've noticed that most of the parents that I talk to have never really thought about that. In order to achieve well at a certain point in life, it's not important to achieve whatever current outcomes that the child may be facing. So an example of that would be like a year 11 or year 12 student. It's not so important that they get like the best mark for every test and exam right now. If the reason that they want them to do well is so that they can do well, for example, at university, because it doesn't necessarily linearly correlate. So there's this kind of flip that's occurring where what it's meant to be is that your current grades are meant to be a representation of your current ability. So as your ability grows, your grades and results and scores should naturally improve. So to reach a certain result, let's say two or three years later, you wanna create a path of progression from now until then, so the abilities have improved to be able to reach that result. Mm. But instead what's happening is that the, the focus is so much on just getting the result right now that they're actually sacrificing the development of the ability itself, mm. which is yeah. literally self-sabotaging, well not self-sabotaging, paternally sabotaging the, the child's ability to succeed later on. So like, you know, the obvious example that I, I love to hate on is just getting tutoring when you're in like a year 11, year, year 12 student. Like, oh, you're not good at English? Get an English tutor. You're not good at math? Get a math tutor. Get, you're not good at, you know, biology? Get a biology tutor. It's mm -hmm. like, why do you think getting a tutor and paying someone money to help you do well in this test mm -hmm. is going to somehow magically give them the ability to not need a tutor later on? Right. In what instance do you ever develop a skill where you don't need to? Mm. Like, do you just like wake up one day and you're like, oh, well, I guess like now I can speak Mandarin. Yeah. You know, you just, yeah. you don't manifest a skill for, for no reason, especially when you're a teenager and you're not like as um, like inherently, like self-driven in, in, in a lot of things. 
Yeah. You know, in that type of structured environment. Mm. And so that's why we see like, you know, first year students coming in, got, getting tutoring year 12 and year 13. And then they get into first year and then it's like, they're struggling massively. They're massively, massively struggling because it's the first time they've ever had to rely on themselves. Yeah. Mm. And it's now the challenge is so difficult that it's not actually viable to pay your way in anymore. Mm. Yeah. So much of so much of just life in in general changes when you when you change the perspective of what your uh, end is, what your telios is in Greek, for example. It's cool. Oh, look at this guy! Le learning a bit, learning <laughs> okay, a bit here. Then. But but it's the the end the end goal the end purpose. Once it's satisfied, judges so or largely influences so much about your pathway or your journey towards that. And it's so if the end goal is to get an excellence in my English test. By all means, I'm going to get an like an English, English tutor. Yeah, tutor. exactly. Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah, but should that be your end goal? Is the question then? Yeah. If if what you ultimately want is for your kid to be, you know, I don't know, successful in some other field in life or whatever like that, then no, that's like you said, that's probably not a very good end goal yeah. for that yeah. purpose. But it's no surprise but why they would do that. No but surprise. you know, yeah, like none of us are parents, obviously. But I can like you can also see why that seems like the best solution to some people. Mm -hmm. When you haven't thought about all of these things, it's like, well, my child's struggling. I don't know how to help them. The obvious answer is then to get someone who can. Like, it seems more obvious when you don't have these thoughts. You know what I mean? So it's like, how do you change that thinking? I, I actually think that the reason it feels obvious is actually because of the m massive marketing e uh, efforts of tutoring companies that have created this culture. Because mm. I don't think we apply that way of thinking to m most other things in life, right? That's like, if you, if you don't know how to bake a cake, you don't think like, how can I hire some, someone to come to my house and bake the cake for me? Mm. And then assume that that's gonna allow you to bake it. Like, let's say that you wanna bake your own wedding cake mm. and you wanna mm. decorate everything. You wouldn't say like, all right, let's start small. I'm gonna start with this small cake and then you're struggling with it. So you wouldn't say, how can I hire someone to bake this cake for me? And then it turns out really nice and be like, all right, cool. Now now to move on to the next one. But do tutors do that? Do the, tutors do it for you? Well, what tutoring company have you well, 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 to? A, a, well, <laughs> essentially, because when it comes to doing well in a test or an exam, it's about your ability to take information, store information, recall and use information. Hmm. So if your issue is with either one of those three things, how does a tutor help you? Because a tutor is information. Having a tutor explain something does not increase the, uh, like it doesn't, the information, still, does a tutor know more than a textbook? Does a tutor know more than Google? Like the information is always there. Mm. Why are you not able to take the information in? Why are you not able to store it? And why are you not able to recall and use it correctly, mm -hmm. right? Like a tutor might be able to show you how they do it, but it still doesn't actually change the student's own ability to do it, mm. right? And, uh, like, in fact, a lot of tutoring companies don't even think about that. They just think about how can I give them access to this information that just feels really exclusive. Yeah. And uh, like at the end of the day, I mean, how how much good does it do? I mean, in fact, it actually does more harm, mm. right? And that's like the thing called the fade out. Of, I think I've talked about the fade out effect before, how if you get a head start early on, it can actually make you do worse later in life. And that's an observed phenom phenomenon because you miss out on all the skills development yeah. You, you never learn how to deal with the difficult stuff. Mm. And then later on when it really matters and it's really difficult, you just, you, you don't have the skills. And also you can't 
give it to someone else to do for you, mm. yeah. the option is gone. Is the natural smarts sort of limiting you up until work ethic or your or your hard work or the habits that you formed earlier on that would continue on further. Yeah, yeah, and or, or even just updating your own natural smarts, like becoming yeah. smarter, you know, to mm. a certain point. Mm. Yeah. So and and we we know that this happens. We already know that this happens. Like a really sheltered kid, are yeah. they going to grow up to be this very you know, wise adult that understands how the world works. It's like, uh, probably not. Like you wouldn't expect that to happen. Yeah. So an academically sheltered kid, why would you expect them to be able to achieve and do well in like the, you know, wild west of real academic difficulty out there? Like you, you just wouldn't. It doesn't actually make sense. Like there's no possible pathway that that logically connects through. Mm. But it's just that there's this sort of, I think, just like how students do whatever they can to kind of overcome that anxiety and fear of failure. Mm. I think those students grow up to become adults that never overcome their fear of failure. And then those adults have kids. And then those parents still have that fear of failure. They don't know what to do, but they don't want to fail. They just do whatever is common. That's going to put a stop on their anxiety, at least until now. Mm. Maybe that's their manifestation of their fixed mindset. Mm. But it's like... I understand all of this, yet I still also understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. I still understand why it seems like why parents can revert to that mindset. Mm. I can you understand. Know what I mean? I mean, I think and it's, it's very understandable. Like, but it's like, how do you, how do you, like, what do you tell parents to change that? Well, I think I think parents usually have never thought about it in this way until I say it to them, and and often it is quite confronting. Um, because the you know parents have that fear of moving away from something that they have conditioned themselves or have been conditioned to think is the the solution. Yeah. Yeah. But when you present them with like the, the truth and the reality, and you talk them through it, and they real they will realize that it actually doesn't make sense. And I mean, statistically, like how many students are getting tutoring? How many students are actually from that group going off to you know do really well? It's actually, you know, tutoring is actually a very, very common thing. In some big cities, up to half of all students are getting some kind of tutoring, mm. you know? So it's like, do you think half of all students are out there, you know, being like that same level? You know, that's why people sort of peak early. And yeah. I think a big part is actually telling parents like, look, your intention is good. Your commitment and your engagement is, these are all good things. Mm. What you're doing is good, but that the direction in which that is all being applied mm. is not the right strategy to use. There's nothing wrong with you, but there is something wrong with the strategy that you are choosing to use and making it less about them as a parent mm. and more about the plan mm. that they have, yeah. you know, and yeah. dissociating that. But it is quite confronting often. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the student I was talking about earlier, um, we essentially finished that consultation with a plan that he would think about everything that we talked about and how his apparent life course so far has largely been planned and dictated to, to an yeah. extent, you know, unconsciously, subconsciously, sorry, by his, um, by what his parents want in that way. Um, and uh, I said, eventually you're going to have to have an honest conversation with them. Mm. Sort of like what we're, we're talking about at this so stage. And, and that could be, yeah, yeah. It yeah, can never so happen actually. It could never it happen. Could, yeah. could never happen at yeah. all, you know, and um, I'm very eager to find out what, what's going to happen uh, in due course. But um, he, was so so worked up 
yeah yeah and just that conversation saying yeah. that uh that I, that I think it's a good idea that you talk to your parents yeah and I just I can only imagine because that can be so scary because you've had this expectation like the expectation has been ingrained in you since you were so young that you've just accepted it as fact mm. you know what I mean and you must mm. see this all the time as well it's just like you're like well this is what I have to do because I've been told my entire life that this mm. is what I'm going to do mm. how can I do anything else mm. how am I gonna now like tell my parents that I'm gonna do something else mm. it can be such a scary conversation and I've had and like I'm sure you guys would know people who have had these conversations and yeah. it's a lot more it's very very uncomfortable for them it's it's experiencing conditional love yeah you know mm. you 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 achieve something when it. you were seven years old yeah you know you your piano recital played twinkle twinkle little stars and that went well good job son you made me so proud yeah son thinks piano playing practice lots do hard you know work parents hard do love. well <laughs> equals parents love yeah. continue this on for the rest of my life until my parents are out of my life or yeah. or until I die, you know? I mean, and every every single other instance or, or motivational aim towards it, like Mr. Johnny, my my um my <laughs> mentee that I'm that I've got currently was, you know, uh, my parents said that um my my parents want me to do medicine, you know? And I want to do this as well so I can make them proud. Was mm. was what his, was his reasoning. I asked him why. Yeah. So I can make them proud in that sense. Yeah. Uh, but at a certain level of internalization, it almost doesn't even matter because it's like, well, you want it so much for your parents yeah. that it kind of has become like your yeah. own it, You accept yeah. it as thing. a fact. Yeah, yeah which yeah. which is, um, I mean, uh, tricky, but the the important thing is to realize for, you know, these types of students is that, you know, if that does change at some point in the future, you know, you there is the freedom and the option to then change your mind and then go and then potentially do something else or you know there are options available open to you you know do whatever mm. feels right to you right mm. now but still you know have that critical thought and open-mindedness and don't get sucked into like a particular box like yeah one of the students i worked with before had so much pressure from their dad that um and she was so worried about being um pretty much disowned by the family that she just couldn't couldn't do anything and in fact she eventually dropped out yeah, so that's a you know that's a very unfortunate position to be in where, you know, you are in such a rut that you don't see any other way out, and you can't p possibly disobey what your um, parents want you to do because then you'll be disowned. And mm. sometimes I think you know, oh, this is a bit dramatic, but actually sometimes no, it's, it's a reality. reality. Yeah, but reality. People, yeah. yeah, but sometimes when I talk to them, I think you legit will be disowned. Like your parents will actually disown yeah. you if you do that, and it's a difficult thing to communicate that to the kid one of the best things you might do in your life mm. is to let yourself be disowned by your own family mm. at least temporarily mm. un unless they come around because otherwise they're actually just going to drag you down into just like a miserable entire entire mm. life and i think for a 15 16 17 18 20 you know it, however old you are i think that becomes like that's that's not a option that you want to yeah. ever really have to think about yeah. and thank god she dropped out of her degree and not out of life well, well i mean she was a reality yeah yeah she was yeah. bordering on that very yeah, often look at that yeah so Bordering. i you know i would i would um I, she's another one of the students that would you know call me because yeah. i was one of the only support people that she had yeah. talking about how you know she just 
In fact, she would just call me and not even talk about anything. She just called me to talk about how tired she is yeah. and how she just doesn't want to just continue with life or anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, she you can just tell that she's looking for a reason to just continue trying, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And the only reason, in fact, I actually remember um, being on the phone with her. I was in the middle of um, driving. I had to pull over to con- continue the conversation. It was like 10 p.m. or something. Sure, yeah. I remember uh, she was saying that the reason she didn't want to kill herself was so that she wouldn't disappoint her, her parents. parents more. And I was and like- that's common too. And it was like, you are so stressed by your parents that you want to end your life. And the thing that's keeping you from that is the idea that they be, may become like more stressed. Like, yeah. is that Stockholm syndrome? It, it pretty much is, right? You're like imprisoned in your own life. Yeah. You were born into a prison. And then you just kept that way until, and and the the most screwed up thing is sometimes I get the chance to talk to the parents as well. And the parents don't really even seem to care. Or sometimes they are just in complete denial. And, and some parents, I say some, but there is just one instance that I remember where the father said that what did he say exactly he, he said like uh if if she were to end her life he would not know what i uh, he said he he wouldn't know um what to do because he'd be so disappointed that his daughter uh like ended her own life and it was like disappointed that is like a used. that is like a phenomenal ability to make everything about you mm. you know and it's just there are certain types of you know situations where i mean these parents are kind of beyond salvation but the kids uh having to suffer and live mm. underneath that is creating like quite a like 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 many tragedies inside these little families and houses that you just don't you don't know about and these are sprinkled out throughout you know sort of mm. society and and uh they're so avoidable and they're so preventable and yet, you know, it causes real damage. In a way I feel sort of sad and like terribly sad for that for that father, that that parent, because it's screaming out insecurities that, you know, his daughter's yeah. his daughter's success or status is the only thing that can put his mark in the world anymore and that mm. and that everything is determined by her. Yeah. So that he can feel some level of stability in that sense. Um, and I just, I just wonder what sort of upbringing he would have had then. And that's yeah. sad. At the end of the day, you know, through through everything that we've spoken about, really, the extremes are both bad, and, and the extremes are often bad with with many <laughs> things that we talk about. Um, in one sense, you know, pressuring a kid to the to the point of suicide, obviously, what we've been talking about. To the other extent of free, do whatever you want, I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. there's no parenting at all in that sense. That middle pathway of Showing your kid perspective. This is what other people are in. This is the situation other people have. This is what you have. Mm. This is the gifts that other people might or might not have. This, these are the gifts that you might or might not have. Opportunities the same. Skills, you know, monetary set. All these, all these different things. And that perspective is so crucial, I think, personally. Um, to, 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 to see that potential. That the kid can see for themselves, for example, rather than kid, the the student or the child. But it's also see. it's also the safety to know that 
it isn't their obligation to yes. to take that yeah. opportunity mm. all the time. Mm. It's their decision from that it's, point it's on that decision. you present it. But present that would them. require the parent not externalizing their own fear of failure yeah. Yeah. on the child, which yeah. is another set of issues yeah. entirely. And, and <laughs> through all of this as well, you know, sometimes I feel like parents are just big children trying to figure out how to raise up another child. Yep. You know? Yep. And I can own I, I can only say with as I much ignorance in my heart <laughs> as possible how scary it would be yeah. to be a parent and how how I would do it myself. Yeah. Mm. I, we will only know. Yeah. You know? Um yeah. but it's sad either way. Um and we can only do our best. Yeah. So look, if you're listening to this and you've resonated a lot with these messages and you feel like um what we've talked about is something that you personally feel or, you know, you know that your friend is sort of feeling, you know, have a discussion about it because, you know, having a discussion about these ideas normalizes a little bit. Yeah. It yeah. means that, you know, other people do understand what you're going through. Yeah. And uh, like, I mean, uh, this is really common. You're not so, alone. Yeah, you're right, definitely like, not alone. In fact, if you're not feeling this, then you're alone. I'm <laughs> you're alone. I'm <laughs> yeah, like I'm sorry, we're kidding. Please don't do this. Is a tough subject, anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's so so common, and um, having a very open, real discussion about these and the issues that it can have, yeah, I think is very important to help you process, especially if you're a young person, you know, in your teens, going through this and trying to figure out who are you, but also you know trying to separate that from the influence of who am I without just having my parents tell me who I am. Mm. Uh, you know, that's very complicated. Thing to thing to do, and if you've been listening to this and if you found it helpful, let them know. You know, if they're not listening, let them know about this episode. Let them hear the perspective as well, mm. or have a discussion with them um, yeah. about it. Uh, if you're someone that's and presumably listening to this podcast, you have an interest in the medical field or healthcare, and if you're that type of person that's in this kind of situation, you know, you can feel free to reach out to us. If you're really, really struggling, you can go onto our website. We've got subsidization for mental health services that you can access, you know? So there's actually a lot of things available out there. Remember that, uh, you know, we like JTT, the organization for this podcast, right? Like we have a lot of experience in this and we deal with not only students that are dealing with this, but also parents of those students. And we have a lot of experience with talking to parents and families and kind of managing that. So you might be listening to this and thinking, I really want things to change, but I can't bear discussing it with my parents, mm. right? And that's a very tactful discussion that maybe, that, that could be something that we could actually help um, facilitate, facilitate yeah. in a way that doesn't seem, you know, like it's gonna create a backlash reaction. So anyway, look, the, the, the idea is that there's um, lots of things available out there. If you found that this was a, a helpful topic to talk about, then uh, leave a comment down below if you're watching this on YouTube. Give a like to the video, show your appreciation. We will be uploading episodes probably at least once, I mean, at least once a year, <laughs> right? Like minimum, at least once a year. What? <laughs> but, but probably more than that. So if you enjoy the podcast- I do. Not you. Oh, if you, man. the listener, enjoys the podcast, you know, even a little bit, you know, you just a little bit. You should probably subscribe, right? Like they should subscribe. I wonder if I've actually subscribed or not. And that's why we only do an episode once a year. <laughs> All right, thanks everyone for watching, and we'll catch you next time. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through.
You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or find us on our website at jttmed.com slash subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com.